This is 4H4U2, a podcast from the Mississippi State University Extension Service promoting 4-H programs and positive youth development. Here now your host, Dr. John Long and Kobe Rutherford. Welcome back to another edition of 4H4U2, the podcast that brings you everything 4-H and 4-H related in the state of Mississippi. Uh, I'm your host, John Long. And I'm Kobe Rutherford. Kobe, uh, how's it going? It's going great, John. That's great. That's just great. Uh, the weekend is here, and we got some cool weather on the way, so we are super excited about that. We are also super excited to have our guest here today. Well, it's just a picture-perfect day outside, and uh, we've got the picture-perfect man with us, Mr. Kevin Hudson. Glad to be here with yeah, you. Whoa, that yeah, whoa, that was a Yeah, uh, so, Kevin, uh, since you're here, Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, basically how you got to where you are today. Well, I grew up in Louisville, Mississippi, and still live there today, and so it's a short commute to MSU. Uh, glad to be working as a photographer with uh, Extension. And most of my working career has been spent either in photography or video production, so kind of those two fields. and. I've spent a good bit of time at the university and other places, so, but I'm glad to be, you know, glad that my path took me to Extension. Mm -hmm. It's a good place to be. So how long was it, I mean, when did you first, like, really uh, realize that, you know, photography was going to be your thing? How old were you? Well, I don't, that's hard to say. I mean, I was always interested in photography, I guess, growing up. My, we lived next door to my grandparents, and my uh -huh. grandmother had a, an old manual 35-millimeter camera uh -huh. that she would let me like this, take and it. use. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The little <laughs> you had lever. to set everything on it with yeah. a lever and everything. Yeah. But she was good about letting me experiment with that and kind of see what it would do, and uh, she was also good about... Paying for the film developing oh. in those days, you know, yeah. you had to pay for that. It's not like where did you have to today. take yours into? Uh, I want to say in the days before the big store uh -huh. that everybody right. goes to that will be unnamed. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think what I remember is sending it off through the mail through one of the local drugstores. I think that's okay. how we got ours. What was the turnaround time on that? Oh man, I don't remember. Probably. A week or two, maybe. Oh. I'm just guessing. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't do the dark room thing until... I never did. No, did you not. still don't to this no, day? No, no, okay. I don't. You know, I remember when the little digital cameras first came out. It's like the kind mm -hmm. of tossing goes. And I thought that was the coolest thing and when some of the big box stores and drug stores started offering 24-hour processing. Yes. I thought, wow, this is the best thing. How could anything get better in photography? Right. And we, we just had no idea. Yeah, it's and now we're in the digital world and... Crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it was a big deal, even after that, to get one-hour processing, you know? You yeah. Know. Oh, ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's big right. Big time. Big time. You know, and now, last job I had was with Alabama Cattlemen's, and we talked about that a, a little bit on here before, and I had was kind of thrown into being the official photographer for the Alabama Cattlemen. Really? With no training at all. And, you know, people just think that it's an easy task to do. And I, I'll be the first to say, it's hard, mm -hmm. you know, trying to get the lighting, all that. Kevin, I don't know how you do it, to be honest with you. I would take a thousand shots and maybe get one good one. Well, I'm, I would not say that uh, livestock photography is my forte by any stretch. And, and that's difficult, Kobe, because, you know, you 
at least when you're working with people, you speak the same language, and animals often don't cooperate mm-hmm. and don't don't help you out. So you learn to speak cow. Yeah, even then, you know, mm-hmm. they don't they don't always want to cooperate. So that that's difficult to mm-hmm. do. Well, my boss would always be like, every picture you get of me, my mouth is open. <laughs> I'd be like, well, maybe if you wouldn't <laughs> talk, you know, always talk. <laughs> yeah, it usually works that way for me when it's pictures of of our boss. You know, mouth is open and. I, end up taking a whole lot more to try to avoid that. What's your favorite thing to photograph? I enjoy taking pictures. I do a lot of different photography for extension, but probably what I enjoy the most is uh, the Photographs for Extension Matters magazine. The Mm -hmm. magazine focuses on individuals around the state who are doing good things, interesting things, and they've had some help or some influence uh, from extension along the way. And so the magazine tells those stories. But those people are always interesting, and it's, it's, uh, I enjoy that. It's a lot of environmental portraiture, so you're shooting them in their location, whether it's their, their farm or their business or home or wherever they are. And you, so, you, don't, you know, I know a little bit about the person before I go, oftentimes the story is being written at the same time, so I don't have all the facts about them, but mm-hmm. you just get to where you're, where they're located, and you have to do a location assessment and see what's there, what's going to work for photos, and kind of as you're talking to them, you know, you're thinking about what, what can we do, what will work, what's not going to work, and I enjoy that. That's probably my favorite part of the job. You do a great job, because it's, oh, it's a beautiful publication. You know, and you read those stories, and you really don't, if there's not a picture with them, it's hard to make that connection with the person that the story's about. So I think that the strong photographs sometimes tell more of the story than sometimes the verbiage does. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, think that can be true. Thank you, yeah. How long has that, <clears throat> excuse me, how long has that publication been going on now? I think with the issue that will come out beginning next year, I, I think that's volume six, so... We just about have, and the last issue for this year is not out yet. Right. So five years. Okay. Hmm. Wrapping up five years of production. Good. You know, I I like those stories and how diverse the Extension audience is. And I think, you know, just if if you don't even have time to pick up the whole Extension Matters and read it from front to back, you just flip through and see the portraiture uh, throughout the magazine and see the youth, the adults, the older generation, everyone who's being impacted by extension it really tells a neat story and i think that too that of course uh, kevin does all the photography for the project achievement days as well and of course we get to work with him during the summer doing those and i you know you think well a picture you know is not you know you take a thousand of them of the same you know of a young person getting an award but to that young person that is so super special and you can see that every time they step up to get their picture made i'm sure you can and and that's fun i enjoy the project achievement days there are photography contests that i run in the morning and in the afternoon and then after all of those contests are complete i'll take the awards photos at the end of the day yeah and i think it was uh maybe one of the one of the early project achievement days this year uh the 4-H'ers get their awards, and then they wait until that specialist 
you know, is, is finished giving all the awards for that category, and then we'll take their photos all together. And so there's time backstage or wherever we're taking the photos for them to wait on that specialist. And there was one uh, young 4-H'er this year who was talking to another one while we were waiting on their specialist, and he was just really excited. And I, I heard him saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I knew when she was reading those names, she was going to call my name. And she did. And I just knew it was going to be my name. And I just can't. I mean, this is like the Grammys, he said. <laughs> I thought, well, that's great. You know, yeah. it's a really big deal for them. And so it's fun to see that. And and it makes you, uh, you know, gives you some appreciation for right. what they're what they're doing and um how much they enjoyed, and, and that's nice to see. Nice yeah. to be have a small part in that. Okay. Now, Kevin, how many? Uh, you might have mentioned earlier. How many years have you been the official extension photographer? Well, I don't. I don't know that you would call me the official extension photographer. We, when I came on, we had actually had two photographers, Cat Lawrence, who uh, went on and is doing great things at the University of North Carolina Charlotte now as a photographer for them. But and we and we do have other people who take photos gotcha. um i even have taken photos you you have yeah. yes and yeah. do a good job with i've it. taken pictures of kevin you unfortunately yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i i came to extension in 2014 okay yeah so you would probably you and i think came along about the same time i started in uh early 2015 okay yeah kevin sure used to work with my wife i went mm-hmm. i did yeah yeah how many years For you were there I was there two different times, so I'm going to say all together, probably about eight years, I okay. would guess. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So now you're, you're getting to the point in your career where you're seeing some of these children go from 4-H'er into the workforce. So I bet that's a pretty neat story to kind of watch and photograph and be a part of and have all those memories on your computer. Um, when I was in Alabama Cattlemen's, that was always one of my favorite things to do is to watch these children progress through the ranks of being a junior cattleman member, going up into becoming a leader in the adult association. So it's kind of neat that you'll have that experience kind of firsthand. You're always kind of our go-to person, too, for uh, historical pictures and reference now. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like you're the library, the archive down here. Where can we find a picture of dot, dot, dot? (laughs) (laughs) Go to gallery. Yeah, (laughs) we we get that sometimes. And sometimes uh, maybe it's a person or an event that we... It certainly predates me. I haven't been here a long time, but a lot of the photos we have do go back a long time, but we do get requests for things that we don't have, and sometimes we can direct them to somebody else on campus who may have those photos. Uh, some of them, sometimes the library has them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, different places. You also help with our Congress, too, our our state Congress. Uh, I do, yeah. Yeah, and you do the is basically the same contest that you do on, at PAD. Are you doing anything extra on that? Well, it, for a long time we had uh, an all day photo track, but this past year, I, I think that may have been the last all day track there was. But so this past year, or this this year that we just finished this summer, we have just the the regular photography contest. So a judging contest and a visual presentation contest that take place on. Two different days. What was the photo safari? I mean, is that something I'm... Was that Dr. Browning that did that, or is that... No, the photo safari is something that still goes on. That happens the spring break week of each year, and that really got started with uh, Kat Lawrence, who okay. 
uh, was another photographer here, Kat, and together with uh, LaFleur County agent Christina Merriweather got that started. And it, it kind of the idea was to take a group of 4-H'ers to some place on, around the state, let them learn about Mississippi, maybe see a part of the state that they've never been to, see some things that they haven't seen before, let them take photos, teach them about their camera. We, we do require that if you're going to go on the photo safari, you have to have a camera. You okay. can't take pictures with your phone. Okay. So we want to teach you about the settings on your camera, what does what, and, and when to use this and when to use that, and that type thing. So mm -hmm. it, it's a bit of an educational four days that we spend with them, not only on uh, things photography, but things about our state. And this past year, we the safari actually was in the New Orleans area. So... I think this year coming up, we'll be back in Mississippi covering some other places that we have not been to yet. Cool. So how does the photography judging contest work? I know there are a lot of, there seem like there's an increased interest every year. More and more children sign up for that contest, and it seems like it's really growing. It, it is growing. I mean, we have a, a good number of um, participants through the Project Achievement Days and then also at Congress for the older 4-Hers. The judging contest is really made up of two parts. Uh, in Project Achievement Day, they bring their photos with them, but they bring four photos that they've taken, four printed photos. One portrait, one action photo, one landscape photo, and one still life. And those get judged at Project Achievement Day. We try to give them a little constructive criticism you know tell them what works about this photo what might make this photo better something that you know they can go home and try next time so that's that's one part of that's the skills judging part of the judging contest the other part is um, oral reasons and for that we'll show them a series of four photographs and we want them to uh on their own, you know, look at those photos, evaluate them, rank them from the best photo to the worst photo, and then be able to tell me or me and uh, whoever else is judging uh, orally, tell us your reasons for ranking them that way. And together, that makes up your score for the judging. I got you. And then the visual presentations is basically where they just give a presentation on something about a camera or a photograph or a part, like a feature of a camera. Is that right? That's right. It can be anything, a visual presentation related to anything photography. So we see visual presentations about um, photos they've taken. Sometimes it's about the history of photography or a particular type of photography. It can be about their camera. Um, it can be about pictures taken with a smartphone. So anything really that's photography related, it, it's pretty much wide open as far as the visual presentation goes. And we, we talked about uh, the technology side of it too, and, and you um, just alluded to about uh, going back to the phone. Amazing how that has really changed our ability to take pictures and good quality pictures at that. Um, but do you see, and I heard this one time, I don't know if you remember this or not, and I guess it was when digital cameras were just coming into really popularity, was the fact that with a digital camera, 
you don't have those little uh, nuances that you that you captured with uh, hey good or bad with a film camera to whereas if you take a picture and you don't like it you can quickly delete it do you see that being uh, a hindrance or or is technology really uh, I guess more pro than it is con when it comes to photography well I think it's definitely more pro because you you have the ability to take as many photos as you'd like see what looks good and what doesn't and you can delete them it's mm-hmm. not costing you anything Whereas right. in the, you know in the film days you had to pay for the film and pay for the the developing also All right so what would you tell a young person that would be interested in getting into photography how do, how would they get started what would be some good ideas to do i always advise people who are interested in photography and, and a lot of times they they have interest in other things that kind of are photography related I, my advice is always study art as well because if you understand things like composition and where to place things within the frame it, it's the same thing that you see in the art world whether you're talking about painting or drawing or those kind of things and that really works together with photography to give you you know you understand more about an image it's not just like looking through the holding your phone up and clicking or just pressing the shutter on a camera, but you're intentionally making photos. You understand about composition and, and why you put this here, or why you would put your subject in this spot versus this other spot, you know. Uh, you understand um, lighting, you know. So I, my advice is always study art and find photographers or find photos that you like and that's easy enough to do online these days you know find uh, photos that you like and try to figure out how that photographer made that shot you know where were they where where was the camera was it up high was it eye level was it down low you know where was the sun where's the light coming from and just practice those things Mm -hmm. and and learn what you know what you're what you can do with what you have and, you know the best camera um available to you is the one that you have and sometimes that is your cell phone mm-hmm. so practice with whatever you've got you know practice you can't say that practice makes perfect but practice always leads to improvement right right and you uh, and i've heard some people say well if it's not a good photo i can fix it with photoshop and that kind of goes back to the art thing too cuz really if you can't draw you really have trouble editing photos, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's related. And, you you know, Photoshop is a great tool. I use it every day and I love it. You can't Photoshop everything, though. You right. know, there there are things that are beyond <laughs> fixing. And sometimes we get those from people that, you know, can you help help me do this or can you make this look this way? And sometimes we can and sometimes we can't. So it pays to to have some knowledge and experience on the front end to get it as good as you can and don't count on, you know, Photoshop to to fix everything for you. Perfect example of how you can use Photoshop is when I was getting my engagement pictures made. I realized I had excess hair on my neck, and the photographer took that out for yeah. Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, oh, you yeah. can do that. Yeah. She said the offending hair had been removed. <laughs> the offending hair, okay. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> You know, my pet peeve when it comes to photography is I, if I ask someone to send me a picture and then they copy and paste that picture into a Word document and send and just obliterate the resolution and the size of it. 
yeah. just make it so pixelated. What's your pet peeve? Yeah, well, that would be one. When people embed things in Word documents and send them to me, and you know, just I'm sorry. I think I've done <laughs> I don't know if you've done that. Yeah. I don't. I don't recall that. But you know, just um, attach the photo to an email. Don't try to embed it into the body of the email. Just send it as an attachment. Mm. And with photo, I mean, with uh, phones these days, you've got the ability to change your settings on the on your phone so that you're taking a, a a really lightweight photo that's great for social media or whatever, something like that. So, you know, maybe way under a meg, say. Or you can also set your phone to take a heavier duty image, you know, maybe a couple of meg or even four, five, six meg. And what a lot of people don't understand is the difference in resolution that you need when you're printing something versus looking at it on a screen. You don't need a huge photo. It doesn't have to be big at all to look good on a screen. Mm-hmm. But right. you can't necessarily print that and and it look good. Mm. Yeah, that's one thing I learned at Alabama Cattlemen's was that when I put any picture in print media, that it has to be 300 dots per inch. Wow. Yeah. That's the only thing I remember about photos and print media. That That is the standard that we go by for things that are going out to news outlets or magazines. We want to keep it at 300 DPI. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Well, Kevin, where can uh, uh, youth or 4-Hers learn more about photography? Do we have what, what resources do we have out there? Well, I would start with your agent, certainly. Uh, there are some things available through uh, National 4-H that uh, some good resources that are photography related. I would start there. Also, you know, you, with I would always say with your parents' permission, you know, you can look online. There's a lot of free education uh, related to photography, so it's it's possible to to learn a lot about photography. Oh, that's great. Using those two sources. Well, Kobe, where can uh, where can folks go to? Uh, learn more about 4-H and 4-H in their area? Well, if you want to learn more about 4-H in your area, you can always visit, like Kevin said, your local Extension office, or you can go to our website at extension.msstate.edu. And Kevin, thank you for joining us today. I think it's a great way to wrap up our week and uh, just wish you the best of luck. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I've and, enjoyed it. All right. Well, thanks a bunch, and thank y'all for joining us for 4-H4U2. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for 4H4U2. For more information, please visit extension.msstate.edu and be sure to subscribe to our podcast. 4H4U2 is produced by the Mississippi State University Extension Service, Office of Agricultural Communications.